0: The Staff and Graph Podcast. Oh, this is weird. My lock's
1: been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. You know what you're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Top ten lists are the worst.
0: Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens from Yahoo Sports and sitting diagonally from me, because we switched the setup a little bit today, is the future first female GM in the NHL and self-proclaimed Grinch Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing?
1: It's a good week. It is I'm a good having, week. I'm having a very good week right now. I've got a nice couch vibe mm-hmm. happening here.
0: Recliner, actually.
1: Yep. Yeah, sorry, recliner. Lazy boy. Yeah. So we've talked about this on the pod a little bit when Ian was on. I have um, a neck injury, Mm -hmm. and so we've been sitting here recording for the past six weeks, and Mike feels bad because Mm -hmm. he sees me about 45 minutes into the episode like doing various painful stretching for the rest of the episode just to be able to function. So we've got this nice little recliner now, and it's a vibe.
0: So I I think I fulfilled the single guy code because I went to go help my grandma out, Distance, of course. Um, she, what a
1: great grandson you are! I don't know,
0: I'm I'm just the best grandson in the world. But she uh, also she got a new puppy. Name's Ruby. Adorable. Almost took my finger off because uh, she's in the nipping stage of puppyhood, where everything on your body is food. Apparently, yes. Um, but I went to go help her out because she wanted a like she wanted some some furniture moved around. She's like 80, so she can't move it. So I went, and she's like, oh, like I know you got a I got an, you got a new place, and this uh this like lazy boy that I have. It's, you know, it's the one you're sitting in right now. It's nice. It's gray. You can see it on our Twitter and Instagram. You know, it's not like a huge leather thing, but it's, it's the perfect size, I think, for your place. And you don't, and I know from, you know, what your dad's told me, you don't have any actual furniture in there other than like a table and, and a bed. Do you want to take it? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so put it in my place. And I have not like, I have, I basically slept in that chair. I was going to say, ago. I would sleep in this. Like it is uh, that, like I said, that is the chair that I'm going to die in one day. It is. Oh my God. So it's great. So now we got this new setup where Rachel can kick back, get, put her feet up. It's great. Not have to have her neck, you know, just, just go out, out of sorts and we can have a comfortable potting experience. That's what we need.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm very happy about this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we posted this picture and someone thought I was drinking prune juice. Yeah. And if you, you must be new because we've talked about my diet a few times on this podcast and If you think prune juice is a part of that, do I got some news for you? No, it's Coke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Rachel, Rachel's got a bit of a she's a bit of a Coke head, if you will. How rude! (laughs) (laughs) Got a Coke addiction. Diet? No, not Diet Coke. I got the Diet Coke. Uh, I'm
1: Coca Cola.
0: Because eight days into December, I'm still trying to live my hot boy summer. Um, But and yeah, it's great. But anyway, aside from aside from drinks and setups and whatnot, we got a great show because this is the show that I think we've been looking forward to of our Christmas episodes. It's the Naughty List.
1: Yeah, of the three that we're doing, this is, this the, is one the one I was looking I've, forward to. The Naughty List slash I'm the Grinch, and these are the people's mm-hmm. presents that I will be stealing.
0: Exactly. This is, yeah, we, we're getting the Christmas spirit. I feel like, I don't know where you're at with, it, with this, and we'll talk about the NHL coming back, which happened like minutes before we started recording, and all you know we got the Lou Marsh Award that we're going to talk about a little bit, so we're going to plug ourselves. It's going to be great, but I think that I have sort of, because we, talk, we have to talk about the virus every week, and
1: what
0: virus I I don't know the uh uh, the 5g towers they're (laughs) they're killing us but (laughs) but uh, like personally I was going crazy in lockdown like I I was just losing my mind and still am but I think in my mind now I've sort of come to a point where I'm like you know what I'm just not gonna worry about this stuff anymore like I'm just not gonna I've kind of accepted the fact that the rest of this year is somewhat of a write-off and I think I've like I've accepted, I don't know about you, but I'm just like a lot more relaxed now than maybe I was last week because I, both of us were very high functioning people. You know, we have to always be doing stuff. We have to. And so the fact that my job is to cover hockey and there's being no hockey, that was bugging me like crazy. Like I just right. felt like so per aimless purpose, purposeless, nice. yeah, purposeless. And now I'm just kind of like, you know what? It's going to come back. The, uh, I'm never going to get this much free time again. Hopefully just ride it, ride it out. If you want to watch, you know, TV in the middle of the day, you don't have to feel like a piece of shit for doing it. I'm going to do it. I don't know about you. I know I know you're in the middle of, of exams and I
1: am in the crunch. middle of writing my first paper. Yeah. Also, I have exams to mark. Um I ended up answering all those student emails. So oh, that damn. isn't an accomplishment in and of itself. But yeah, I'm less stressed this week than I have mm. been in quite some time it's been a good week it's it's been a pretty good week um just things in my personal life um same here yeah and so i'm very excited about this pod right now and then we got the news this morning i woke up that hockey is coming back baby we are going to spend my birthday watching hockey we are which is going to be
0: and my birthday.
1: fantastic.
0: And my birthday watching hockey, too. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be great.
1: I did not think we were going to have hockey back for my birthday. At the, en- at the end of January, I did not think we were going to have hockey. I thought it was going to be more of a February 1st type start date. Yeah, me too. But now we're getting mid-January.
0: So we're getting January 13th. Potentially. Potentially. But no, like they said that essentially, like they're... So Greg Wyshynski came out with... He sort of like was the legitimate like... Like Drager,
1: LeBron, Drager and yeah, LeBron, the everything
0: insiders. they 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 sort of like uh, I guess teed it up. But this morning it was Wachinski with his final. Like all right, so the like a source told me that like it's basically being the memorandum of understandings being agreed upon. Fifty six games, January thirteenth start, and there we go. We what we're which is awesome. Hockey's coming Things back. Things we love to see. I mean, I'm finally getting up. That's get, the
1: biggest headline of the day.
0: Oh my! This—that's the biggest headline of the last month. No, since since the Stanley Cup was awarded, that's the yeah, biggest, biggest headline. Biggest
1: hockey-related headline.
0: Yeah, like that's what we've been waiting to hear, and there was all this bullshit that so we had to sift through. Two
1: very important things happened today. What? One, hockey's coming back. Mm-hmm. Two, first doses of the coronavirus vaccine were injected into living human bodies as part, well, not even as part. They were approved and they were injected into humans. And both are things that Rachel and Mike Mm -hmm. love to see. Now,
0: funny story about that. So one of the people who, uh, there was, I think, a a New York Times article written about it. One of the people in Britain, um, because I think there's only a couple people, like maybe two people, I think, in Britain who got them today. One of them, is an eighty-year-old man okay. who goes by the name of William Shakespeare.
1: Shut up. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So. Okay, moving on. So we need to preserve
0: <laughs> William Shakespeare. He's getting. He he's has essential. The vaccine. He's essential.
1: How art thou, fine sir? Doth
0: mother know you weareth her drapes? That's an Avengers uh, 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 reference. Anyway. Back to hockey. Back to hockey. This is fantastic. I mean. Look, I'm we, very excited. We don't have to like saying this is great and this is fantastic, whatever. That's
1: but don't think that you're showing up to an NHL arena on January 13th no. because there's no way the if the NHL allows that. I'm sorry, but that's they're
0: going to respond. Like there're going to be some that but do.
1: Hockey's back. That's which all we, means you get to work.
0: Oh my! Like I'm gonna have a purpose <laughs> again. That's what I said. Like I'm gonna uh, the the thing that I think I took for granted the most was waking up with a purpose. Waking up. Knowing, okay, I have this, 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 and this to do today, and I just took for granted being swamped.
1: Are you excited to be disappointed by the Leafs again?
0: Oh, I'm so excited to be! I'm so like you excited can't to even get. anymore. I'm so excited to get mad about the Leafs <laughs> and have that be my job. Like it, like again. Uh, okay, I want to take you through like the timeline of this though. Is so went to U of T, started working full time to build my you know sports media career at you know start of my second year. Right. And. So I went to U of T and worked full time running a website and doing the Marlies and doing the Marley's beat. And then in my third year running two websites and the Marley's beat and all that. And then eventually at the end of my, at the end of my last semester got hired and it was awesome. And I got, seems good. And I got to do the best thing in the world, which was talk about the Leafs. It was amazing. Starting in January of 2020, I got to, I got to like live, laugh, Leafs was launched. I started at Yahoo.
1: And then what happened?
0: And then I got maybe three months of working at the candy store before the entire world shut down
1: and <laughs> just collapsed on itself. And
0: every and everything and the world as we knew it went away. And so goodbye, thanks for coming. And then after maybe four months of literally doing nothing other than running thirty kilometers a day, like I was doing, which was the only way to keep myself entertained, literally, hockey came back for like two months and it was awesome. It was like a it was like a, a hundred meter sprint for two months. I was busy every day. It was amazing. And then the Stanley Cup got awarded, and then there was and then there was free agency for like three days, and then nothing happened. Yeah. And so now, Mike's got a purpose again.
1: Love that. Feels pretty, for you.
0: Feels pretty good.
1: All right. So the NHL is back, is what we're basically getting mm-hmm. at here. The other thing that happened in the Canadian world. Mm-hmm. So we might have to preface this. Please. In
0: the Canadian world, you mean Canada?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Listen,
0: okay, I had an <laughs> evening the other night. Okay, I want you to... So Rachel texted me and was like, oh, no, no, you called me today and you were like, I had, like, you know, I had some wine with like, my parents and, and, and everything last night. We had seven bottles of wine. How many people were involved in this? All in one household, relax. You're all related. But how many people were involved in consuming seven bottles of wine last night? Uh, four. <laughs> how are you still standing?
1: Because I am a Dory, and Mm -hmm. my mother in her industry is known as the Liquor Cyborg, because somehow the woman who is 102 pounds soaking wet seems to be able to drink and completely function with zero hangover, like, ever.
0: Our our first piece of merch, it's not going to be Staff and Graph, it's not going to be Plot Points, it's going to be Liquor Cyborg.
1: Liquor Cyborg.
0: That's going to be the name of this podcast if it's not Naughty List. It's, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And by the way, my mom is a superhero and I love her dearly.
0: She's, do you want to talk about why that is or do you want to keep going? She's
1: just a damn superhero. She's
0: a gosh darn superhero.
1: Yeah. And also... My stepdad, funny enough, so my stepdad and I have this really good relationship where...
0: I'm a big fan of both of her daughters. <laughs> <Your
1: mom>. We <laughs> we address each other as stupid. So, like, I'll walk in the house he'd be like, hey, stupid, what's up? Mm. Like, shut up, stupid. What's up, idiot? Yeah. So now he's got this thing where he's like, there's a lot of people on blogs and podcasts talking about how much you suck. Mm. And I'm like, well, you know what? Funny enough, I'm actually going to talk about how much you suck on my real podcast. Yeah. So, Matthew, this is for you. You suck, and now there is a podcast talking about it. Hey
0: Matthew, you're an idiot.
1: Exactly. All <laughs> um,
0: right. Yeah. The
1: Lou Marsh Award. You want to awarded talk about this? Today, yeah. And I was pounding the drum. So what the Lou Marsh Award is is the award that's given to the Canadian athlete that basically the best Canadian the athlete of the year. Most exemplary. Yeah. Right. Obviously, 2020 was a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. But there were two people to me that stood head and shoulders above the rest. One for athletic achievements.
0: Yeah, we have to make make this very like like this, this is, is
1: an athletic achievement yeah. award. Yeah, but then there was another one that stood head and shoulders above arguably anyone since maybe Terry Fox. Yeah, for contributions to humanity, and so those two athletes are Alfonso Davies mm-hmm. and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Yeah, so if you don't know who Alfonso Davies, Davies is get on the fucking google please mm-hmm. he is 19 years old he's widely considered a top 3 left back which is a position in soccer he's playing for bayern munich which is currently the best team in the world and your favorite and my favorite he won five team trophies in 2020 that's insane four individual honors and finished 3rd for the FIFA Golden Boy Award. And he golden should boy. have finished second behind Erling Holland. Is it Golden
0: Boot or Golden Boy?
1: Golden Boy, which is like the FIFA Young Player of the Year. Okay. Erling Holland is like, my God. I don't know who He's that crazy is. good. But then there was kind of like some voting nonsense that happened. Some voter fraud? Stop the count? <laughs> yes. Should we stop the count? Nonsense. And he finished third, although everyone pretty much came out and was like, he should have finished second. Mm-hmm. So he had apart from Christine Sinclair who is the best Canadian soccer player in history and that will probably never be touched. Yeah. For all of her achievements. Alfonso Davies his athletic achievements on the field this year were unmatched by anybody. Even okay. Like it was not even close.
0: Even I, like I know literally nothing about soccer, which right. pains Rachel every time we try to record this podcast. I know nothing about soccer.
1: Meanwhile, I'm like dying.
0: Yeah. Like, meanwhile, like you're literally having like, f- like Aneurysms. pure, pure fits of rage across from me because, yeah. you know, Bayern Munich keeps dropping it or I don't, I don't even know who keeps dropping it. If they
1: it. don't make a pass, I'm upset. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I keep like, I know nothing about it. And even I know who Alfonso, Alfonso Davies, Davies is. is. Like he's a big, he's not just a big name, like in Canada. He's like an international name now. Right. He's so huge. So
1: now, then you move to Laurent Duvernay-Tardif who has played 3 games in the year 2020 mm-hmm. for the Kansas City Chiefs. Won the Super Bowl.
0: He played 3 games in 2020 because they were all playoff games though. Exactly. And he won the Super Bowl.
1: And he won the Super Bowl. He's which good.
0: is he's great. A, he's a good player.
1: Yes, he's good. Not the best in his position or anything like no, that. No, but he's he's he, in the ta- he's, good.
0: he's in the upper tier. Right. This is my area of expertise now football. He's in the upper tier of his positions.
1: Yeah. But he has a medical degree from Mm -hmm. McGill University, and decided he was going to opt out of the NFL season this year to fight the pandemic in his native country of Canada in, in, Quebec. in, in Quebec, which, which is, is where, getting
0: fucking hammered. Yeah.
1: Quebec and Alberta are in big trouble. Yeah. So he decided to opt out of his millions and millions millions of dollars.
0: It's not even just that he decided to opt out of a season where the chiefs will likely go back to back.
1: Right. So it's one of those things and, and he's fighting the pandemic, mm-hmm. which is so far and away
0: as just, the just like best
1: humanitarian mm-hmm. thing that a Canadian athlete, given the circumstances right now, yeah. Apart from Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. like that is a separate thing. I think so. Because yeah. Black Lives Matter needs to continue after the pandemic. Yeah, but f- given the pandemic, like he's giving up millions of dollars. He's giving up millions to of put dollars. His life at risk
0: and a chance to make history. Right. Because there are very few, so, very few teams have ever won back to back. So my
1: proposal is: so what happened was for the f- third time in h- in the history of this award, we have co-winners. Mm-hmm. They're both Davies and duvernay Tardev. What should have happened is we have the Lou Marsh Award, which is for athletic achievement on the field. That should have gone to Alfonso Davies. But what needs to happen and mm. what this committee had the opportunity to do, and I don't think they're going to do it, is create a second award for Canadian athletic achievement in humanitarian Yeah,
0: absolutely. Award,
1: and call it the Terry Fox Award because Terry for Fox sure. won the Lou Marsh and then famously died while running across Canada to raise money for cancer. So if you create the Terry Fox Award... And then every year, this country recognizes an athlete Mm -hmm. for doing humanitarian work because I think that's just as important, if not more important. And so I'm happy to see that they're co-winners, but I think this is a fantastic opportunity to legitimately have an award that rewards Canadian athletes for outstanding contribution to the community.
0: Absolutely. and So
1: congratulations to both of them. Amazing. But the committee, please create this award because then we, we need to be recognizing athletes for more than just on-field achievement, in my opinion.
0: So the votes were split 18 to 18, and then there was one. And, and then, it was for <laughs> Jamal Murray, who
1: fantastic year and, yes, and he and he elevated
0: no. he elevated his game like he had a playoff run for the ages he helped almost single-handedly eliminate the clippers
1: but he also did not but he got bounced in the anything. third round
0: like it like he got bounced in the western conference finals and like yeah look he's awesome but you gotta like like the lou marsh award is reserved for like the most exemplary canadian athlete like bianca
1: hondrescu won it last year and, and she, won, she made, won the u.s open
0: as like what a 19 year old
1: I think, yeah, 19 Yeah,
0: like she's incredible Like Penny
1: Alexiak All won it The year that she won like I think it was like five medals at the mm-hmm. Olympics Like As like a kid
0: too, she's a kid Top, like,
1: top So that's the Lou Marsh Award um, But yeah Those are the headlines Because those no, are the big ones got, And now
0: We also got our socials we gotta plug cause we, we got
1: we, some fun shit coming in the new year Yeah
0: This is gonna be This wh- is a,
1: gonna be a big headline come January 6th
0: Yeah, so we got we, we, We're on Instagram now, follow it Staff, staff graph, graph Pod. Staff Graph Pod is great. You know, we're bumping in. We got we got some fun stuff coming. So make sure to, like, if you think it's fun now,
1: just It's wait. about to get a whole lot more fun. We also mm-hmm. have merch coming. Yeah, buddy. And I'm not just talking staff and graph merch. Like, we have... It's going to be fun. you know what some of our taglines are, those are included. It's going to be fun. So we will let you guys know when that goes up, but we're working on it right now, and we got to look at um, some of the finalized mm-hmm. designs.
0: They look pretty before. pretty. The drip is uh, the drip is pretty hard. Not gonna right. lie. Right. Um, so trending up. Plot points. Trending up is the staff and graph podcast. Trending down, unfortunately, this one's near and dear to my heart, and I promised Rachel I wouldn't talk about it for too long, so I won't. But movie theaters. So Warner Brothers over the weekend announced that essentially they're going to. And I guess this kind of makes business sense because movie theaters won't fully be open. Even after there's a, va- there's a vaccine, it's still going to like, like returning to actual normal life is still going to be a trickle down effect kind of. So it makes business sense. But Warner Brothers announced that their entire 2020 slate of movies that includes like The Matrix 4, The Suicide Squad, like all this other, all of these really, really big movies. They got a huge slate. The Dune remake, huge slate. They're all going to be released tandem in theaters and on HBO Max It's for streaming. And as someone whose favorite thing to do before the world shut down was to go, go to a movie theater like, as much as I possibly could, go see a movie on my own as much as I possibly could, this is a bummer, man, because this could threaten the viability of movie theater's survival moving forward. Could,
1: yeah, and that sucks.
0: This sucks. Like what I, and it's not even like I like, love. I'm not a
1: big movie person. I mm-hmm. didn't see The Dark Knight until my until I showed you forced me to watch and it you like li- a month and a half ago.
0: Yeah, and and no, it was more than that. It's, it? We're in December. That was like July. Like okay, yeah, time is a social construct. It at is. This point. But um, like one of the best. What I love about movie theaters is it's one of the last. Like it's such a unique experience in our modern world now. Like, how often do you go in? Like, do strangers walk into one communal place, disconnect from the outside world? Usually, if you're if you're not a dick and keep having your I'll phone, I'll yell on. at you if you have yeah. your phone on. Well, I've gotten I've gotten into like legitimate fights with people.
1: I've also okay. So here's the deal: I was that kid in like upper elementary school who would go and buy a package of nibs and sit in the back and throw them at people. <laughs> like, I was that that yeah. shithead. I don't obviously do that anymore. I knew there was a
0: reason we were friends.
1: <laughs> but that was me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I feel bad because that's, like your, that's your vibe.
0: That's my thing. That's, I've been saying this on the podcast ever since we started. What's the one thing you're going to do? And, and you it's going to go to a movie theater. Yeah. Like, but I
1: want to go to Mexico.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's a bummer, but it's also like movie theaters, like I said, they're, they're a very special, unique experience where a group of strangers walk into one place they sit down, they disconnect from the outside world and they just pay attention to what's in front of them. It's one of those, it's, it's literally that meme of like not a cell phone in sight, just vibes, but that's what it is. Yeah. And it bums me out that this might threaten that. Like if, if people overwhelming, like if, if these HBO max numbers are off the, off the wazoo, off the charts, then like why are, why are why are studios going to go, Oh, well then we'll, we have to pay like movie theaters a cut, do all this kind of, no, why won't, why won't we just release them? No. So yeah. it's
1: that sucks.
0: trending up. And we we are not going to spend much time on this.
1: Literally, I don't want to spend more than 60 seconds okay. on this.
0: Trending up is the possibility, I guess, of... No, not trending up is the pop. Trending up is Evander Kane's mentions in mainstream media. Because he is being vocal that he wants to fight Jake, Jake Paul. Jake Paul doesn't... First of all, he doesn't know... Like, great, we got a mention of, of the NHL and Evander Kane on, on Logan Paul's podcast. Logan Paul, by the way, is fighting Floyd Mayweather. And... Look,
1: I hope he gets his ass kicked.
0: Listen, I,
1: <laughs> I don't like either of them. I think they're both terrible human beings. And someone wanted to tell me that, oh, uh, Logan Paul has changed. I'm like, you found who said this? someone in a suicide forest. You are a bad person. That's the end.
0: Also, I want to make a statement. So on last podcast, when we were talking about this. I said, Logan's probably worse than Jake. Jake's done. I didn't realize that Jake had done some pretty, pretty like I just know him as like super annoying and cringy, but he's done some pretty like criminal shit that's pretty fucked up. So
1: neither one of them is, is good. Um, but yeah, like Evander Kane being on like mainstream media and being talked about look, is, it's a, is is probably good for the NHL, but was there is say also that. not a chance that anybody no. in your contract, you're not you're not even allowed to go skiing. You think they're gonna allow you to punch someone else in the head?
0: Like there's I, no I, way. It's it's he just wants... Look, it's good that he's... I think it's good... But Evander
1: Kane has a boxing background. Like, no, I know. He's named after Evander Holyfield. I know, but it's like, going to be... Jake Paul, would, or Logan Paul, whichever one it is, they'd lose more than No, likely.
0: they wouldn't. You no, don't they wouldn't. think? No, J- Jake Paul is, as much as I hate to admit it,
1: does he fucking, train or he's does fucking he
0: good, man. No, he's good. Like, he kicked... Did you see the Nate yeah, Robinson? Yeah, that guy
1: was like eight inches shorter than him. Yeah, that but he f-
0: fucking murdered that guy. Like, he's... He's good. Like, by the it, way, it, it, it's it, dumb,
1: and I really don't want to talk about it.
0: The as for Logan versus Floyd Mayweather,
1: I uh, uh, look.
0: I know that. Like, I want to give as much as I hate to admit it. They're both good. Like they're both they're both built like fucking break houses. Okay, Logan's one huge. One
1: of them Floyd is Floyd Mayweather's
0: the greatest boxer of all time. And one he's gonna, of yeah. He's going to smear Logan yeah. ar- across the, the mat. The only
1: way that Logan Paul lives to get out of that ring is if Floyd May- Mayweather lets him. And if you don't think that, then you haven't watched martial arts. Because like I spent. It's not even
0: martial arts. It's boxing. It's yeah, different. But
1: what I'm saying is, is like martial arts in general. Like I do martial arts. Yeah. as For self defense, and it allows me so that if someone attacks me, who is much bigger than me, I know how to defend myself. Mm-hmm. When you are a trained boxer mm-hmm. and at the level that Floyd Mayweather is at. He's the at, greatest boxer the all time. The only way you lose is if you let someone else beat you. There's nothing else stopping them. So that's that. It's also like. I'm you know, also not giving them a dime. No,
0: I'm not watching that. Because.
1: I didn't pay, neither pay for. Neither one of them deserve it.
0: I didn't pay for the Nate Robinson fight. But anyway. Yes. Try, all right? I was saying. When you. When you. Like. Logan is not an inherent boxer. Like he's doing boxing as kind of a hobby. So is Jake. And we saw someone who already had a fighting background step into the ring with Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather um, and try and beat him, and it was Conor McGregor. And It didn't go well. And Floyd was, like, toying with him. Like, yeah, he, like he's going to well. kill Logan Paul. But anyway, trending up is the number of teams wanting to play outside and have fans in the 2021, I guess, NHL season, which includes Anaheim, Los Angeles, Boston, and Pittsburgh. Now, what are those... Two of those names are not like the other.
1: Okay, so um, I don't know if people are aware of this, but um, Anaheim and L.A. don't actually have winters.
0: Well, they're, they're in California, which tends to be relatively warm. Which
1: are, like, in California Balling. right now, they're not even letting their sports teams play in certain counties because mm-hmm. it's dangerous. So what the hell makes it's you think the, that you're, A, going to be allowed to do that, and, B, have fans?
0: It's the, it's the uh, Arizona 49ers right would now. Love
1: to endanger the paying fans of the league. Well, look. But they don't. It's care. honestly dumb. They're not doing it.
0: Anytime someone says like, "Oh, there, there's no way we're gonna have game," like, and we're gonna talk about the World Juniors and Kovalev shit, but oh, cases are going up like crazy. If the NFL hasn't shut down yet, no other league is gonna shut down. Like the Ravens, the entire team got COVID. Everyone, <laughs> literally, the there entire is team. every like we're so desensitized to teams to reports coming out that teams tested positive. Like when Rudy, especially goes,
1: in the NFL, like I'm not gonna lie to you, they're not being careful about it. Well, they like, don't they give mean, a shit. Yeah.
0: They don't give it like the amount of teams too that have been fined for not the adhering. Only,
1: only one team has not had a case. It's
0: Cowboys. I'm pretty no, sure. No,
1: it's uh, Seattle. Oh Cowboy yeah, and Andy Dalton had it.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, Cow, no, the Seattle I'm shocked Seahawks Seahawks that the, haven't had a case. I'm shocked that the Cowboys have been like they're they I think the second least affected team. Right. I'm I'm, sh- I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they've been because I like in my mind I'm like Jerry Jones.
1: protects, like, like the most I feel like Jerry Jones.
0: Jerry one. Jones looks like an Andy masker to me just from the start. And yet they've been pretty good. But yeah, so
1: NHL teams are not playing outside. You can't play when we watch outdoor games. You're it's there a gimmick. Respectable. But when you watch how the puck moves and how the game is played, it's terrible hockey. I don't want to see There's that. There's a reason
0: why it's only why teams, unless you're the Chicago Blackhawks, only play outdoor games like once a year. It's because like the product is hurt by it. It's just for the the atmosphere. It's just for the vibes.
1: It's for the vibes. It's hey, for the you're vibes. Not, what are you going to have? 2000 fans there? Wow. Good job. Like, it's ridiculous, sick.
0: and also the fact that Anaheim and Los Angeles are trying to do this. Yeah,
1: what are you doing? These are the last. Like, bad.
0: you could at least make it viable in Boston and Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, Winnipeg. Uh, Edmonton, it's colder outside than it is in in the rink. Yeah,
1: you could make it happen there.
0: You could even maybe make it happen here.
1: Like that's like Dallas being like like Dallas is going to have an outdoor game at some point. Like they'll yeah, make it work, but
0: also. <sighs> It just it just doesn't make sense. Also,
1: there's a huge difference between just having one game, for, like in terms of ice, and having to actually maintain that ice
0: for oh, yeah.
1: multiple games. Like it's just not viable, and it's not happening.
0: Do you have any idea how much? Like if you if you look back at those like HBO you think 24. You're money now. Oh, dude! <laughs> if you look back at the HBO 24/7 series I love series, which were amazing, and it's the reason and the fact that they don't have that partnership anymore is the, is a big reason why no one gives a shit about the Winter Classic anymore because those were yeah. those were so much oh my god like the I watched those religiously Pens Caps Flyers and I still watch that the the montage at the end of uh Pens Caps um, but yes so moving forward Alexi Lafreniere- trending up, our standing Alexi Lafreniere. We're going to get into him on our naughty list episode next week. Your or no, nice, our nice list, list, sorry, episode. next week.
1: There are other New York Rangers on the naughty list.
0: Oh, we're going to get into that. Um, current and former yes. New York Rangers on the naughty list. But
1: why do we stand, Alexi Lafreniere?
0: Because he has done more to push the, at least the conversation surrounding the women's game and the support of the women's game. Um, he hasn't even stepped on the ice. He's done more to, he's done more to push that forward in a positive direction than most established NHL stars. So,
1: not only does he have a woman as his agent, yeah. Uh, he also posted a picture on social media, mm-hmm. or a picture was posted of him in New York mm-hmm. wearing a PWHPA sweater, Hell which yeah. is a public support of the women's game, and that is what they've been asking for. That is what they deserve, and now to see a star, a, that is a bona fide star. Yep, Alexi Lafreniere is a first bona fide overall star. pick. In the New York Rangers organization.
0: in Ma- He's wearing it in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, like, sure.
1: this is one of the biggest organizations in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And he is outwardly supporting this. He knows there are eyes on him. He knows his platform matters. We stand, Alexi Laffron here. Absolutely. Kudos to him. All the rest of you follow suit.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's ridiculous that a, what, 18, 19 year old kid has to take the lead on this?
1: Yeah. But in, who yeah, hasn't set again, foot in the NHL yet? Leadership. Good job. But
0: fantastic and it's also going to be a very interesting dynamic in that locker room right because speaking
1: of which let's let's get go into in naughty to the naughty list the naughty list slash the Grinch list because
0: absolutely I have mine on my phone I didn't want Rachel to see it we so. got some
1: we got some shit also so we're gonna go through ours and then mm. we're gonna go through some, some of the ones that were submitted and I'm
0: not happy about one of them
1: um, because I'm not gonna lie to you there were some really good ones submitted yeah,
0: there were ones that I, I, I didn't see coming Rachel, would you like to start us off as the Grinch yourself?
1: Yeah. On the naughty list, um, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, so Mm -hmm. the Edmonton goalies in the playoffs specifically. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if anyone's heard. Connor McDavid plays for the Edmonton Oilers. Did you know?
0: No, I didn't. Okay, so. This is news to me. Yeah,
1: he is really fun to watch. Also, did you know? Also didn't know that. The Edmonton goaltending decides to give up an average of four goals a game and have a (laughs) 8 6 8 safe percentage.
0: That's shockingly bad.
1: That is like you gotta be actively trying to be that bad. And so we only got four games of Connor McDavid and Leon settle, because the Edmonton goaltending could not get it together. And Connor and McDavid literally scored probably the goal of the playoffs in those four games. Oh yeah. With that speed through the neutral zone, that goal is etched in my brain. It's disgusting. So the Edmonton goaltending is on the naughty list because they robbed the hockey world of More McDavid and Drysdale. So, if you're an Edmonton goalie, get your shit together, please.
0: So, you see that stat line, right? You see the the four goals against, 86.8 save percentage, you know, qualifiers bounce to the the second lowest seeded team. Right. And as the GM of the Oilers, and again, we've said, you know, they've made some tidy business. Who
1: also made the naughty list, by the way? Really? The Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, list. I thought you
0: meant the Oilers, like Ken Holland. But you know, the Oilers—they did some tidy business in this offseason. But that it might not matter business. because they saw that stat line and they went, "Let's run it back. Let's do it."
1: That was one of the poor decisions.
0: Let's—we have Miko Koskinen and you know Mike Smith hitting free agency, and it's the most—it's the deepest free agent slash RFA goaltending market in possibly NHL free agent history, like at least yeah. in the, of the cap era. Nope. Let's run it back. It yeah. clearly worked so well Great last job, time. Let's, let's do it.
1: So they're on my naughty list. Who's on yours?
0: Well, there's so many, Rachel, but obviously we're going to have to do off the top, top the year. The, 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 <laughs> the, the Tony and Brendan racism hour, right off the hop. It's the, it's, mainly it's Tony D'Angelo. He's obviously on the naughty list. He's a piece of garbage. He, you know, he he's
1: the top of the naughty list. He's... <laughs>
0: Again, like he—he's the ba- I'm sure he's the bane of New York Rangers PR's uh, existence.
1: He is the anti-Alexi Lafreniere.
0: Yeah, it's he's he's an elite offensive defenseman, I'd say, but he's a terrible defensive defenseman. He's someone you know who supports a white supremacist, um, who who supports people who support that white supremacist, who
1: has bad takes, has in bad general.
0: takes, who just seems to search his name on Twitter and then attack, you know, paying fans for their opinions. Um, has, said, has, has said many times, "Oh, you know, I don't want to talk about politics on my Twitter," and then immediately go into talking politics on his Twitter. Tries to start a podcast um, with again <laughs> the Brandon, and, the <laughs> Brandon and Tony, or the Tony and Brendan Racism Hour, which is uh, supposed to—it's called "Watch Your Tone." It's supposed to have a different. I think convers- Avery,
1: the Avery Sports Show, pointed this out mm-hmm. to us. Like both members of this podcast, yes. are they're trash firmly on the naughty list.
0: So it's it's a. a yeah, so clearly at the top of the list, if Tony D'Angelo was to get any presents this year, I sincerely hope his MAGA hat gets lost in the mail or falls out of Santa's sleigh or something <laughs> like that because it's, you suck, dude. And again, like, if you hear this, I'll be happy to have an Evander Kane slash... I'll, I'll, we'll be the undercard on that. I will fight you because I can, I can take Jake Paul. I can take you. And that's... There we go. And Connor is clearly, our our producer is clearly going to mess with my audio on that one like he did last week. And I don't care. But anyway, Tony D'Angelo, clearly the the lead off on, he's bad lead off on my naughty list. But at the same time, like we knew that. We been new. We been new. Rachel, hit me with yours.
1: NHL owners for a laundry list of reasons. This
0: could be any year. This could be any year. But
1: the top two this year, the top two reasons. Hit me. Cutting their staff's pay during a pandemic Where most of these staff are like dependent upon these jobs or they're going to be on food stamps like Jeremy Jacobs refusing to pay his staff. Meanwhile, I mean, Jeremy Jacobs is not great. He's the owner of the Boston Bruins. Um, So
0: I had him on my list. So I guess you might as well just
1: the covid the covid cuts ridiculous NHL ownership, but then reneging on the PA after you negotiated a contract literally during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, Like you're, you're either lying or you're just not a good person. I think it might be a little bit of both, but they're firmly on the naughty list for those two reasons for me, just because you, every NHL owner is in a, in a far better position than anyone working part time for their organization. So for you to be crying foul and saying like, "I can't, uh, I can't afford my luxurious yacht," if I pay my employees, who if you don't pay them, can't afford rent or food, like, I mean, it's it's read garbage. The fucking room. It's
0: garbage. Like it, uh, it pisses. It yeah, really, so really pisses me off. Owners,
1: like, unless you did something outwardly to like pay your staff, kind of thing, like. Not cool. Like I'm pretty sure MLSE paid all their staff and then they laid people off like they're laying people off in January, but that's because they have to make like business decisions. But they didn't lay people off during the pandemic. No, they supported it. Instead, what they did was they opened up the Air Canada Center or Scotiabank, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. And they started cooking meals using their employees. So they paid their employees to come to cook the meals and then they gave them to frontline workers. Yeah. That's how you do things. And you don't Jeremy Jacobs shit. Mm. And do whatever the hell he did because God, like, yeah. Correct me on
0: the if I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Bruins were the only the, were the only team to not put some plan together to pay their arena workers, their arena staffers.
1: Yeah, like even the Sens did.
0: Like I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure every team either got shamed Had into something. got shamed to do it or put together a a plan or a structure or something. And the Bruins just stood pat is one of
1: the richest teams and Jeremy <laughs>
0: Jacobs is in the top five like his I'm pretty sure his net his net worth is 3.3 billion I'm pretty sure and yeah. obviously that's not all liquid like I get people are always like oh Jeff Bezos could end homelessness and he could but also but a lot of that a lot of his net worth isn't like liquid but at the same time like you it is Don't so. Give me this it is so easy. Your, it yeah. is so easy to pay your staff a living wage during unprecedented times. Like it, it's un- unbelievable. Anyway, you're
1: just, yeah, you're you're not a good person. So like, yeah, uh, you're between the reneging on the PA and crying foul there, and the COVID cuts. Like on the naughty list. Get the f- just get out. So
0: my next one's a melding of all of these of, of, of a bunch of just just a terrible situation that we covered we've covered before and we've talked ad nauseum. So I'm not going to spend too much time and on it. And our
1: fans rightly pointed this out to us. So thank you for sending these in.
0: But it's the Arizona Arizona Coyotes, Mitchell Miller, and Steve Sullivan, all together. Mitchell Miller, piece of living shit, piece of human garbage. Yeah, we don't
1: even need to discuss why. Piece of why. human
0: garbage. We've already teed off on that. You know, what he did was evil and his, his you he know. He is evil. And he, he is evil. His his lame attempt at, you know, at, at, oh, yeah. this is evil. His family, his siblings, you know, public tirades. Uh, I've not seen that on Twitter. Oh, yeah, I yeah, did. Evil. And then the Arizona Coyotes organization, they just keep doing this they keep like there's so whether it's you know th- shuffling through presidents left and right whether it's always being bad whether it's a, 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 a
1: not paying r- bonuses on time not
0: paying bonus on time horrendous hockey ops decisions horrendous a horrendous you know business ops decisions but Which it's is bad they they've just been and then this together
1: the best decision they made all year was, was the reverse, Kachina jersey reverse and reverse the reverse retro, retro.
0: and then Steve Sullivan. So he was their interim GM. They hired Bill Armstrong. It's Bill Armstrong, right? Yes. Yes, because yes. Doug is in right St. Louis. It's so Bill they hired Bill Armstrong, but because they hired him, he had to sit when, out of the draft. He had to sit out of the draft. So it was Steve Sullivan who allowed who who allowed assuming, the drafting
1: of Mitchell Miller.
0: Assumingly ran the draft and allowed the drafting of a guy of a guy who was on many teams. Do not. They essentially decided. You know what? The, you know racism the racism is okay. You know the hill that we're gonna die on. It's. Yeah. Getting a second round talent in the fourth round, um, which is, you know, just upping, it's upping the percentage of this guy turning turning into something from like, you know, what, 2% to 4% or something? Like, ridiculous. And they they, they essentially said racism's okay. And then they got bullied.
1: <laughs> Literally bullied. They got, they got
0: shamed into then renouncing that okay. pick. So they didn't have a, they, their first pick came in the fifth round. Just, eight, just, many people have had bad years this year, whether it's, you know, whether it's outing yourself as a being a racist whether it's outing yourself as, as a white supremacist exactly stuff like that which kind of go hand in hand the arizona coyotes from from just from a fundamental from a hockey standpoint from a ethics standpoint Don't from ethics. <laughs> from a business standpoint and from a from just a a social issues standpoint they, this has been maybe the worst year a, pre- fresh, a professional a professional sports organization has seen.
1: Yeah, four F's. Like if we were doing a report card oh. right now, you got four F's. They
0: got five. They they broke they, for no reason. At all oh, broke and, one of the rules and,
1: and the drafting rules. Yeah. yeah, like just the whole way around. Naughty list.
0: Everything.
1: Uh, all of it.
0: Everything just terrible. What's so, yours? Hit uh, you.
1: So this Hit was me. this broke today or oh, yesterday yeah. for those of you listening. Yes, as we but it. this. This yeah. t- team, I have it, I have it this up organization, here. and certain members, and another one of them is currently a GM of the Minnesota Wild.
0: I don't know how much longer um, that's going to be. The Do you think that? I don't, I don't know. know. We'll see.
1: The Pittsburgh Penguins covering up sexual assault in their organization. Um, I don't even know where to start. This is a very uh, sensitive subject. Yeah. Um, and one that I am like I showed up to record the podcast today and I was seething.
0: Yeah, this is this is so horrendous. So can we
1: have a rundown? Can yeah. you just read that? So Rick Westhead of TSN who does mm. fantastic investigative journalism in sports. Man. Him um, and Katie did, Strang. Oh my god. Like, I I, I love they, Ka- Katie Strang is on the nice list.
0: They must Oh yeah, they both Rick Westhead and Katie Strang, they must like when they're off the clock, they must just only be watching like the happiest media possible because right. they have to their jobs their jobs center around the heaviest possible subjects in so, sports.
1: It came out today that the Penguins had covered up sexual assault allegations of the former Wilkes-Barre Scranton, which is their AHL coach. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to read the first paragraph? I'm going to read the, the first, first three sentences. I'm going to so read the first
0: is? two paragraphs because this
1: because it Because it's important that we situation. get this right. And this is like... This is next level fucked in up. stone on the naughty list. This, is, this n- is right up there with Arizona.
0: This is next level fucked up. So essentially, so this is from Rick Westhead on TSN. It was reported today. Also, let me just say the timing of this coming out...
1: Couldn't and be better.
0: Very, very peculiar, in my opinion. Because this, the pe- this, this story about the Penguins comes out, like, literally right after the biggest story in hockey that's going to dominate new conversation. This is, like, essentially a Friday news dump, but on a Tuesday. You know, this is, this is, right. like, um, this is like... Hoping the, no one sees it. This was like the Bruins firing Claude Julian during the, uh, the Patriots Super Bowl parade. Right. So they just wanted to kind of fly under the radar. So... From Rick West, Westhead, again, I want to give a content warning here because it involves sexual assault. Um, so the Pittsburgh Penguins are, this is verbatim from Rick Westhead. The Pittsburgh Penguins are accused in a lawsuit of hiring or retaining a coach they knew to be a, se- a serial sexual harasser who was alleged to have assaulted another coach's wife during a team road trip. Jared Scal- Scaldi, Scaldi—I don't know—and a former assistant coach with the Penguins, American Hockey League affiliate, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, alleges in a lawsuit filed November third in U.S. District Court in Pennsylvania that then Wilkes-Barre Scranton head coach Clark Donatelli assaulted his wife Erin when the three of them were in a car together during a tr- road trip to Providence, Rhode Island.
1: Uh, and then it comes out, if you read the article, that the assistant coach whose wife was allegedly the, sexually assaulted.
0: Want me to read the allegations?
1: Re, uh, I don't think we need to go into the allegations. They're dark.
0: They're they're fucked up, man. Yeah, Like This is up. ridiculous.
1: So they, they ended up firing this assistant coach. Did they not? So that's wrongful dismissal, one. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, to be fair, there could be a litany of wrongful dismissal lawsuits in the NHL. There just aren't. Uh, because people are afraid of the hockey men.
0: We need to stop being afraid of the hockey men.
1: Yeah. So I think... All in all, like if these allegations come out as true, not only should the Penguins have to be paying a lot of money, but and there needs picks. to be a criminal trial. There, there needs to be a criminal trial for sexual assault here.
0: There should be This is if, awful. If this if this is if this happened, if this is proved in a U in a you know in, in a US district or Supreme Court however, wherever it gets to that this happened. In a yeah
1: in a Pennsylvania, in a Pennsylvania court
0: this will, this will, like I don't know where it'll get taken. But right. if if this is proven in a court of law to have happened, The Pittsburgh Penguins, first of all, financially, better be fined like crazy, but they also better be fined tangibly in terms of hockey, far more than an organization that illegally tested draft eligible players.
1: Oh yeah. Like you've got to think there's an NHL investigation coming. Like literally if there's an AHL investigation coming. There's a police investigation coming.
0: What we found here with and, and you know, these are different these are different situations, obviously. Yeah, because
1: Arizona tested athletes. It's not illegal. No, I know. Sexual assault is illegal. So is aiding and abetting it.
0: They're covering it up, all that kind of stuff. Um, Not okay. And then wrongful dismissal. That's illegal as well. But there's, what we've been learning now, I think, from from the year, you know, from the end of 2019 and all through 2020, especially in hockey, well, only in hockey is where I'm going to go with this, is that it seems like people think just because they're in the AHL, they can get away with a lot of shit. Yep. Bill Peters, like it's a uh, again a different and situation. He did get
1: away with it because now he's coaching in the KHL.
0: Yes, but at least he lost his NHL job, his right. dream NHL job, or whatever. So there's some retribution there. But like, I don't think he would have done that in an NHL room. What he did, and I don't think that if an NHL coach did this, like if an NHL coach did this, first of all, we'd either be hearing about this, or it would be, or I don't think he would have like.
1: Okay, there are a lot of things that get covered up. Yes. Uh, within professional sports, um, but like, I, like, okay, I'm not gonna sit here and say what the Coyotes did or what the Rockford Ice Hogs did was acceptable. It very it's much very was much not. not. No, it was horrendous. But this is a crime. No. Like you should go to jail is for a this. Crime.
0: Like, like, um, what's his name?
1: You could have a criminal record for this. Clark Donatelli. Clark
0: Donatelli should like serve time for this.
1: If if the allegations yes. are true.
0: If if this is proven to be true in a court of law, we have to say that he should be he should serve time for this. Yes. This is disgusting.
1: So, so he's on the naughty list. The Penguins are on the naughty list. Bill Guerin is on the naughty list, and quite honestly, like this, uh, my blood was boiling. Oh, me
0: too. We bo- this both. This is when I
1: saw this this morning. I. Yeah.
0: If you are, if you're comfortable enough to continue di- diving into the story, read Rick Westhead's report report on this yep. to give the to to see the exact situation and what in, in how this unfolded. Because I think that also demonstrates just as like it's demonstrates an the,
1: astounding culture problem. But also, yeah,
0: the an astounding culture problem and an astounding consciousness of guilt. I guess on. Uh, on the on
1: the part of the, pic- the person, pic- pic
0: no, but also on uh, on Donatelli himself. Allegedly yeah. on Donatelli himself, it's insane. Um, Okay, my next one on the naughty list. And this was kind of goes out saying Steve Simmons.
1: Why? What did he do?
0: Where do you even begin?
1: Brian Burke called him out on Dangle's oh, podcast, I know. and I was like, King
0: Steve Simmons called. Or I'm pretty sure Brian Burke didn't call him an idiot on. Yeah, he did. Dangles he goes, you got yeah.
1: idiots like Steve yeah. Simmons, and I was like. Yes, Brian. So there's a
0: difference. <laughs> like I keep so so I, I the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how to grow hockey, and I say that that hockey needs a Steve uh, a, a, a Stephen, Stephen A. Smith, Smith
1: and not a Steve Simmons.
0: People and then people will go, well, what's the difference between Stephen A. Smith and and like I'm like Steve Simmons. The biggest problem I have with Steve Stephen Simmons. Stephen
1: A. Smith is intelligent.
0: Yes, but one. also the yeah. biggest problem I have with Stephen, with uh Steve Simmons is that he'll look at any situation and he'll go, how can I turn this negative? And how can, I, how can I incite rage at something?
1: Right. Whereas at least Stephen A. Smith is like, he'll give credit where it's due. He's big on both sides. So if it's negative, he's extremely negative. Mm-hmm. But if it's positive, he's like, this is the best player of all time. But,
0: but he, like, he, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that was a great there's impression. There's
1: no in between. Like, I remember when Steph Curry won the MVP award. He's like, this is the greatest shooter of all time. And, and Stephen, like, he probably is. Stephen A. Smith
0: has said some pretty controversial stuff, too. Like, he was talking, my, my favorite my favorite clip on the internet, of anything is when he's talking about Phil Jackson running the New York Knicks, yes. and he goes, "Phil Jackson, his first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who is on crack, <laughs> like <laughs> on on ESPN." And that's like you know, if
1: in maybe any maybe don't say that. maybe don't
0: say that again. It's hilarious, and I, and Lamar Odom, I'm pretty sure, has been Not very cool
1: to make fun of people with addiction, but he's been
0: very upfront to be like, "Yes, I've had problems," and we yeah. can joke about that. But it's like Jesus but Steve thing. Simmons, he is he is everything. I just want you to be genuine. That's all I want in looking like when I write stuff and I'm not look i' I'm, I'm not a, a prolific journalist, I'm just getting started. right, but people read my stuff.
1: You have ethics though.
0: people read my stuff. I have somewhat of a platform. so you're not
1: reporting people's COVID cases no. against now, their wishes.
0: the thing about like so because
1: <sighs> that was huge. If, if I don't, don't like awful.
0: something, I'm going to write about how i don't like it if i like something i'm gonna write out how i like it i am very upfront in saying i was wrong this person proved me wrong this you know uh, uh and and to stephen a's credit he does that too he shit all over the raptors especially was like, i was wrong especially up until they were down to nothing in by milwaukee uh to nothing to nothing against milwaukee i think at the end of the end of their their championship run and then they end up rattling off four straight and bouncing milwaukee he literally was like what the raptors have proven what the raptors have done they've proven to everyone that we are all colossal idiots and we don't know what we're talking like he's he's able to do that steve simmons
1: he's he's not afraid to admit his mistakes and he deserves credit for that
0: and most reporters they'll
1: like but he also doesn't violate people's (laughs) like
0: and and the thing about like the biggest advice and life advice but also you know advice that i've been given you know in my media career is like just pick Choose the hills you want to die on. Like, not every hill's worth dying on. It, something can Pick happen. your battles. Like, that's why you see on Twitter everyone just, but like, just choose the hill you want to die on. You don't have to, and you can't die on every hill. If the fourth, if Dennis Malgan on the fourth line instead of the second is, is a hill you want to die on, great, but that's, that's not, not a great right. choice. So,
1: you know, you know what's funny that you bring up Steve Simmons? My friend, I have actually have a few that are in Ryerson. You have terminal, a couple so, friends? Yeah. Congratulations. Um, and he texted me. He was like, you'll never guess what we spoke oh, about. In yes, class today. this is fantastic. And I was like, what happened? And I actually didn't say it like that. I said, what happened? Um, and he said that they were talking about journalism ethics. Mm-hmm. And the professor yeah. of journalism at a university used Steve Simmons as the poster boy of what not to do for what not to do and incredible. for what not ethics was. So then I tweeted this because I found this. To I be saw that fucking yeah. incredible. And Aaron Karolnik, who works for TSN mm-hmm. and also is a journalism professor at Centennial, which is deeply concerning. Well, what is the problem with Steve Simmons? If you don't see, what do you mean
0: what's the problem with Steve? If you don't oh
1: see God. the ethics violations that come with the type of journalism that Steve Simmons does, then we need to have a discussion about your ethics. Because when you're being used by someone who has a Ph.D. to teach journalism and impart wisdom on the next generation of journalists, when you are being used as the example of what not to do, you are doing something wrong. Because these academics don't just pick and choose things out of thin air. I know this because I'm currently writing a fucking paper and it's got to be peer reviewed and it's got to go through a panel and it's got to go through. I have to defend it twice and like all this shit like. These, they don't just slap PhD beside your name. No. And you can't just teach whatever the hell you want. Like, these people are educated to the highest level in this field, and they're using Steve Simmons as an example. And that is, frankly, not good. Him and Joe Warmington, who ironically also works for the Sun.
0: Well, it's just, well, we're seeing a little trend there. But we're, it's also... <laughs> There's certain people who, if, you, if you're if you a fan or you support them, it's kind of talent on yourself. I think Joe Rogan is one as well. Like, if you're if you yes. if you're a big Joe Rogan fan, then, look.
1: I liked him on Fear Factor. And then after that, I was like, nah, it's not for me.
0: Look, Fear Factor was great. And it's, I don't know enough about the Rogan podcast to really comment on it. Like, I haven't listened to it. I'm sure, like, I, what I've been told is there are some really interesting episodes, but then he'll, but he... But he'll also, have, just he'll like, give a platform to certain people that really shouldn't have a platform. Also,
1: the tinfoil hat things are not yes, a
0: thing. and also he has a huge audience in that. Yeah, but but Steve Simmons is one of them. Like if you're if you're caping for Steve Simmons out there, then uh, we need to have a talk. We might ha- need to have a conversation. What's yours? Go for
1: it. Uh, the NHL is on the just, in, list. just in
0: general. Okay,
1: um, for one very specific reason. Why not supporting the Hockey Diversity Alliance? I have a huge problem with that. I think that the Hockey Diversity Alliance has, if you read their vision, you read their goals, they have, they have um, some fundamental goals that I think would really move society forward. and it's athletes for change. and we saw we see this in MLS, um, actually a TFC player just won the humanitarian mm-hmm. award in MLS for um, Black players for change. Yeah, which is very similar to the Hockey Diversity Alliance. And I know there's a bunch of people up in arms about women aren't included and, and trans people aren't included. And, and it's like, okay, it's just getting started. Take a breath for a sec. I'm sure they're going to include people of different backgrounds. But the NHL flat out not supporting the HDA is just another thing in a long, like, they don't support women's hockey nope. to the degree that they should. Like, they do support it okay, but they don't support it to the degree that they should. They leave it up to individual teams to support it, like the Leafs when they were supporting the Furies, the same with the Canadians. Like, the the NHL has this history of not getting behind the social causes that they think will ruffle the feathers. And in this case, this is a player-led initiative by a bunch of players in the NHL that saw support from white players mm-hmm. in the NHL, like Connor Carrick, for example. And that was fantastic to see. It was fantastic to see the white players, Blake Wheeler, uh, John Tavares, like there were a bunch of them that came out in support of the HDA, but they let the members of the HDA have their voice because it's important that they have their voice. And when the NHL was given an opportunity to support it, they said no, effectively. And to me, that's unacceptable. It really, like we just can't have that because you're sending the wrong message. You're sending the message that it's okay to not support uh, people of color, and that it's not okay.
0: Well, you're sending a because message. Then that all it's you're doing optional. is
1: prop- propping up guys like Tony D'Angelo, and you're we s- don't need that.
0: You're sending a message that supporting a diver- supporting diversity in your sport, in the lifeblood of your company product, is optional, and it shouldn't be. It, this is not a. This it's is gross. not. A, this is not a trend. This is not a style you want to want to you know put yourself behind. This is like life or death for a lot of people. So it it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But we've we mentioned it before. But like, it's almost a good thing that the uh, that the the HDA
1: can do what the end how yeah. they want because
0: they're not just a PR wing of the NHL now. Anytime another racist thing happens, they like they can speak. It, it was going to be. I was going. I was a little worried when it was when they were trying to get partnered but because to,
1: to not support it at all. No, to it, me it's ridiculous. Is ridiculous. Yeah. But
0: I was a little worried when it, when they first got partnered. I guess or not partnered, but when when they were trying to make that work because I was worried that basically what'll happen is another thing like this another another you know racist or you know something that that will um exclude like an exclusionist thing will happen. Like let's say let's take the Dale Town thing for example.
1: Perfect example.
0: And and the NHL will then use the HDA as their like PR wing to come out and say like no, it's everything's fine like Yeah, no, now they either. can now they can comment and say anything and not have to worry about, you know, being like towing the company line cuz there is no company not, line now. They're, they're an independent. Their own. Yeah.
1: But, but I would say I'm commending the players especially the white ones who um, supported this and and propped up these voices because it's important. And The fact that the NHL hasn't and and continues to be very wishy washy with mm-hmm. social issues to me, yeah, you you belong on the naughty yeah. list for that, especially this year um, where we've seen some movement on some social issues and mm-hmm. and some really positive movement. And so I don't want to be a part of that. And yeah, to just not want to.
0: Doesn't make sense Which, to first me. First of
1: all, to not even want to be at the forefront of that is concerning to me. But, no, but, but the NHL Rachel, being at the forefront of anything is not a Rachel,
0: thing. we skate for black lives, though. Yeah, that's
1: And not that's enough. all that matters. I don't cut it.
0: No, that's all that matters. We skate for black lives.
1: Yeah, that, I'm Ridiculous. sorry,
0: that doesn't cut it. Um, <laughs> my On a lighter note, next, next uh, uh, person on my naughty list is Connor Carrick's hockey butt. Because it has no right to be, it has no right to be that big. Have you, did you see? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a picture. I'm gonna text you a picture actually, cause it'll be easier. Um, Connor Carrick posted a, a, a video.
1: He is so healthy. It, like, it makes me mindset so insecure. Body is, uh, rock solid. Um, his food, he's constantly posting about his food at like, uh, Health Kitchen. And, and like, I had heard about this when I was in New Jersey. Um, but like, yeah, like he's doing everything he possibly Take a look can at the to, to, I just to ready you. his body. Um, it's
0: who absurd. Need, who need a booty? That's absurd. So Connor Carrick, he posted a video on his Instagram story the other day. No, uh, not on story, on his actual just like Instagram of him stretching. So on right. the naughty list is Conor Carrick's ass. Because that, there is, no, there is no, uh, no right to be that big. That's, that's, that's the biggest ass I've seen on a man. That's the biggest butt I've seen on a, on, on a full-grown man it's absurd it's a booty it is connor carrick got that wagon i think we can clearly a say wagon. he's got a wagon i don't know that's how a baseball
1: butt
0: oh i, I don't know how he gets uh, that's like a brazilian influencer butt like i don't know <laughs> i don't know how he gets up <laughs> i don't know how he gets up and down the ice just towing that wagon behind him it's absurd so 100 percent, I, I would put him on the naughty on the nice list but no How dare it be that big? It makes me feel very insecure about my own butt. You should feel insecure. I should. Well, anytime I, anytime (laughs) I look at Connor Carrick, I'm like, God damn, dude. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, Connor Carrick's butt on the naughty list.
1: All right. Um, we are going to do, I have one more that's not hockey related. So we're going to do the listener ones that are hockey related first. Um, and some of these are great. So Mitchell Miller for very obvious reasons. Yeah, we already had that. Um,
0: are these the listener ones? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So these, these are Marchand, the ones that you sent also in. also
1: for very obvious reasons. Brandon Prust. Um, yes.
0: Okay. Can we get into Brandon Prust a Can bit? Can we get
1: into Brandon Prust, please? Because he decided he was going to go after Josh Vina on Twitter mm-hmm. multiple times this year. He also called Ian Tulloch a pigeon. Yeah. Which not, cool. not cool. Which was not cool. But... I am not racist because I have watched hidden figures is a level of mental gymnastics that I, I mean,
0: that's a drill tweet. That's an unintentional <laughs> drill tweet. Like it's, that's absurd. I, like, I can't be racist. I've watched hidden figures like 17 times or whatever. That's
1: like saying I can't be racist because I tweeted black lives matter. Like, no, you can, no, that's you even, can still do no, no, that. no,
0: that's even, that's even more deranged than that. That is. Like because at least tweeting Black Lives Matter like publicly goes towards like the movement. Hidden Figures is or yes, like
1: saying I'm not racist because I listen to Drake.
0: Hidden, like, fi- yeah. Hidden Figures is, is a is a movie that is like pretty much at the forefront of the white savior cliche in movies. Like the I haven't help. seen
1: it, so I, I probably won't be watching. Well, it.
0: Well, Ra- Rachel, you're clearly racist. You haven't seen uh, Brandon Press is way more woke than you. You've seen Hidden Figures 17 times less than than he has. So it's. Like that, it, it, Hidden I'm Figures. Honestly just
1: not a big movie person.
0: I haven't seen it either, but like, I'm pretty sure Hidden Figures is at the forefront of the white savior cliche in movies, where it's a movie about you know someone like a, a you know a, either a, a person of color or just in general because it's usually you seen know what? More. I'm a gonna black watch it now. a black like a, a for example like for the movie The Help.
1: Okay, I love that movie. Yeah,
0: but like, there is the sort of like but white savior white savior because it's there's a white savior cliche in there because like you have to have Emma Stone's character come in and like liberate them, you know, right. like it's like, it's like, that's such a cliche. Like, uh, why can't we have like a strong
1: 12 years of slave was a great movie,
0: but that's also somewhat of a, the do-
1: I would recommend. Okay. 13th pause. is a great 13th on yeah. the, on Netflix. I highly recommend everybody watch that.
0: It's very, um, yeah.
1: Brandon Prest educate yourself, please.
0: Also Brandon Prest, It's, it's like, he, keeps, he also talks about like relationships on on, on Twitter and what? derogatorily about relationships on Twitter way more than, than someone whose wife left them should.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Oh, he's always he, he's always popping off about like specifically like with the Brendan Leipzig stuff. I'm pretty sure he chimed in on that. Yeah, he did. And I'm just like, dude, you have no right to talk about relationships like your wife left you. Like
1: he was on that hockey wife show. Yeah, and I know. He always came off as such an ass.
0: He's this guy's got fucking brain worms and he's all and and oh there's some great stuff like ugh, let me so see if i can find thank it thank you for Hold submitting
1: on. that um and lastly on the naughty list uh from our listeners is the blackhawks for two reasons one their handling of Corey crawford it sucked yeah uh but two, that logo man like if you have to hide your logo in an nhl reverse retro marketing campaign because you know it's not gonna get a positive reaction, then maybe you need to consider changing it. Yeah. Um, and that is f- why they are on the naughty list. Um, what are you doing?
0: i was looking. I'm pretty sure. Well, he also like is a big. I'm, I'm, Anyways,
1: Brandon Press is on the naughty list. I'm
0: trying to find. So, I think he deleted a lot of his, his stuff. But anyway, yeah, just he's on that. yes, also the way that they, the Blackhawks, just in general, like they.
1: Yeah.
0: If, you're, if your logo's too racist for Adidas to use in their ad campaign, then maybe you have a little lo- racist logo. Like, come on.
1: <sighs> yeah. And I'm like, not, not going to dispute that graphic, de- like the graphic design on the logo, like the Blackhawks logo itself is nice. Yeah. But, but what it represents is we're, we've moved past that. We don't, we need. And there have been, again, with the fans designing logos, I have seen no less than five logos that I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, use that. Literally hire that person and use that. Or pay them for their work and use that. There's so many options and different ways that they could still incorporate the Blackhawks or if they want to change their name. But my God, man, like if you have to hide your logo during a marketing campaign, then maybe you need new logo.
0: The lack of... The lack of critical thinking in in these what situations. You mean, the
1: lack of critical thinking in the NHL in general.
0: In sports, but like it just boggled my mind. Like Adidas literally like the company behind you. Like, there's one team whose logo who whose reverse retro release only showed the back of the jersey. Do you not take that as a sign that maybe maybe this is not a great This
1: is not the vibe we should be putting Maybe this out. is not
0: the image, you know, we should be staking our brand on. And it also annoys me that everyone's like, tradition. You know, it's been there for so long. Like, yeah, man. Like s- slavery had a had a run for so a very long time. So to like
1: that one out,
0: things change. Society moves forward. Society moves past the need for these things, or realizes
1: evolution.
0: Like in you know ideological advancement, we've we've realized that your logo is deeply hurtful to a, 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 a very a very large group of people, and you're profiting off a derogatory image of of them.
1: Yeah, it's not cool.
0: I, I really don't think that's great. I don't think that's kosher. Like I no. I I I'm not I'm not behind that. I so, don't love that. Yeah. Um there's another one on our fan submitted naughty list that, that annoyed me a little bit. Okay. So what what was it, Rachel?
1: Um, you.
0: So one of the fans, let me pull it up here.
1: I originally for like whatever reason glossed over it because I thought they said both of us and I was like, I'm not gonna participate with that but then <laughs> you brought it up so i went back and looked
0: well i was because i was checking our, our new instagram account staff craft pod follow it and one of and so we put We're out be you doing know, giveaways on
1: there so you exactly. actually might want to follow
0: it we put out we put out a uh, a call like you know if, if who who you want to be on the naughty list send us in and we got a bunch who of great should ones Rachel
1: take away presents from
0: exactly we got you know we've read a lot of the nice ones we still have you know we still have some more to go one of them was mikey for sure why? How the hell is Rachel both the staff and graph part of the podcast? <laughs> now, okay. this was sent in by Adam Morimoli, Mur- 61. So, Adam? 61
1: or 69?
0: 61. Okay. Eight away from being nice. Nice.
1: Um,
0: which you'll spend the rest of his life being just a, little, a, little, a little far away from being nice. Not quite there. Um,
1: okay, so what is your problem? I've been
0: very, I've been very upfront that I'm not as smart as Rachel or Ian, for example. For uh, 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 I've been very upfront about how
1: we opened the first podcast yeah. with that.
0: If you're if you're still if you're still expecting me to come out and, and, and drop numbers on you, you're going to be sorely disappointed.
1: Well, I mean, Dom Lucrision did say he demanded graphs.
0: Yeah, and then I sent him a graph of what the world what happened to the world after the Cats movie came out. <laughs> Which was trending down. He said, that's great. You fulfilled my graph quota. Very good. So we've fulfilled that quota, sir. Let's move forward. I am going to give you graphs in the form of plot points, but that's about it.
1: He's also, the vibes on this podcast have increased since Mikey has joined. So I would say, first of all, let's say this. Mikey is on my nice list because without Mikey, we would not have the podcast. So, while I may be staff and graph now, we would not have the staff and graph podcast if we did not have Mikey.
0: I have a job, so I'm so technically staff too.
1: I will protest mm-hmm. this.
0: Adam, let's fight. We'll be the undercard for Logan and uh, for Paul Mayweather coming yeah, in th- uh, I whenever am that's coming. I'm
1: going to... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a disagreement with, uh, mm-hmm. this man is not, the I have a few, now. you know, what?
0: I'm just, I'm just calling out, we need some podcasts, they really get, uh, and, and, you know, and any, any media specifically, you know, rap albums, stuff like that, they get pushed by beef, Adam, I got beef with you now, bro. This is, this is, uh, the, the, you're my, you're my nemesis, you're my podcast nemesis now.
1: Nemesis, yeah. what a word. Okay. I'm
0: just, I'm going to be even less graphy now that now that Adam wants it. Um, another one I have this is not from what our listeners sent in but one I have is fake rumor Twitter accounts.
1: Yo, I hate those. So like, if you run one of those? Fuck you. If you
0: run one of those like even though we're in get lockdown, dude, get a
1: life.
0: Go, go do literally anything else. Get a like life, it is please. Like I look, I've been painfully painfully bored for the last little bit. I'm sure you have too.
1: Rumor break?
0: Yes, rumor Well, rumor break it really annoyed me because
1: insider man. but that is
0: a that is a, a fictional concoction rumor break just never i think they they just by luck got one right and just like caved for that forever but so what when i first got hired at yahoo one of my first pieces it was right. one i was developing for a really long time was going to be the rumor break alternate universe and i was going to write i was going to write about what the nhl would have looked like if all of rumor breaks fake rumors had come true what would have been, you know, how that would have impacted all the teams, specifically the Leafs, you know, it would have been like Nylander getting traded to to the Blue Jackets for like David Savard and, you know, stuff like that. Like, which was, I think was one, of them. it was, it was great. And I had all the links to those tweets, like saved in a note, in, in a note on my, on, on my computer. I was ready. And I literally remember going, going, you know, to my desk, sitting down about to write it. I had, you know, a, it, it was on, it was on my, you know, post uh, schedule. And I click one of the links to get started the account has been deleted so not only am I pissed at rumor break for just being just be, being a waste of digital ink yeah. by being out there but then the one time I was going to use him or her specifically I think it's a him I don't I think women are far too smart to do something like that it's that's definitely <laughs> a guy thing but the one time Thank you. the one time I was going to use him for good he left us so it, but all like it, but it's not just rumor break. It's, or the it's,
1: rumor aggregators, those are fun. Yeah.
0: It's it's any it's it's any um it's any account that just makes fake rumors. Like Mike Mike Literus, for example. <laughs> you got one thing on the Trevor Moore trade, which as well broke my heart. Um and then you use and then everyone's like, oh, this guy's this guy has an inside track. He knows what it is, and he's been wrong ever since. So
1: Guys, I appreciate the like the Batman photo, or whatever the hell it is.
0: We know, we know that you don't know anything. Yeah. So maybe tr- stop trying to pull the wool.
1: I love that they don't ever like. There's no shame. No one reputable actually like tweets at them, but I tweet something about the devils, and people are like, "Well, actually," and I'm like, "Dude, like."
0: Every single time, <laughs> every single time when rumor break existed, every single time they put out something that was just ridiculous. I literally quote tweet it, and be like, "If this is true, I will like, Eat I my won't, shoes. I will change." my like header to your logo and just like keep it forever. And it's, and I've been so confident that it's just never come true. Um, so that's a big one right there. Anything else on, on your non list?
1: Yeah, actually, hit me. Your
0: alma mater. Oh, you've, yeah. Oh man. Can we get into this?
1: So they did a thing. Let's
0: just bury U of T. I can't okay, wait.
1: Okay. So they did a thing and I know, so my roommate, yeah, one of them is a graduate of U of T and she's mm-hmm. going to medical school. Great. She also works for Doctors Without Borders, so she is a great person. Um, Her friend is, so she's, her background, she's Nigerian. Yeah. Um, But her friend actually came over from Nigeria, um, because they're from the same village, and U of T is basically like, oh, yeah, we want to diversify our med school, about fucking time, welcome to 2020, thank you. Um, But if you want to come to our med school, you have to pay us $100,000 up front, because people just have $100,000 laying around. So... Um, U of T, I don't know if you know this, got a $250 million donation fund to help the black students and people of color with funding for medical school. So... What happened was a GoFundMe went up yesterday because my roommate's friend got an email from U of T saying, "You've paid us twenty thousand dollars. If you don't pay us eighty thousand dollars by Friday, we're kicking you out." What? Yeah,
0: that's you know what so that doesn't surprise me. So she
1: started a GoFundMe with this email screenshot that's from U of T. It's ridiculous. over one hundred thousand dollars in less than twenty four hours. That's insane. But I'm like, you have two hundred and fifty million dollars to support people of color coming to your med school. Where the fuck did it go? Because you don't accept a lot of I know. What it's like, I've looked into the process of getting into law school, into MBA, and I was helping my roommate look for med school because like I've had to write all types of standardized tests. So I was helping her when she was writing her MCAT, and I'm sitting there like, you don't accept a lot of students. Where the fuck did this money go, and why are you doing this to a person of color who is an international student? Like, you could not look worse right now. U of T. And so now they're going to get it thrown in their face because yeah. this girl is not only going to get the $80,000, she's going to end up with a whole lot more. Yeah. And she actually plans on um, keeping some for um, rolling tuition for next mm-hmm. year because obviously they're clearly not going to help and donating some to charity.
0: Good. You So U of T...
1: By the way, my roommate, the other roommate, so oh, I have God. multiple roommates. My other roommate likes to tell me that U of T does... Um, Great things for mental health, and from what I know from every other person that's attended U of T, you included, so that is very not
0: true. What you're going to know from what I'm about to say. So you've, so I went to U of T. You know, I, I have a degree from there. Went there for for university. Those were like I like U U of T was one of the, one of, if not the hardest experiences I've ever and been they're through. Very,
1: they're a prestigious school. Like, let's get that out of the, the way. Ones, they're, they're the number
0: one, they're the number one school in the, Canada. Yeah, they're,
1: they're easily, And they're top
0: 20 in the world. Yeah. They're 16, I think. This is, this, they, they pride themselves on being called the Harvard of the North. And it's a great, and the only, first of all, I also wasn't, like, I got into Western. I pretty, I got into Queens, got into Waterloo, all with like partial academic scholarships. But my parents, specifically my mom, forced me to go to U of T, whatever. But, it's one thing to, to get forced to go to a school like that. It's another thing to kind of live through what they put their students through and sh- see how much they care about them, which is zero. U of T does not care about their students.
1: Right. Because they're getting your money and they don't care.
0: I got I, like what, what was really, I think it was, I think it was the first year. Um, so after our first winter break, when I came back, I got a note, I got an email on my, on my U of T email account and it was welcome back student number one zero whatever. And I'm like, you couldn't even generate, like have a bot generate my name. It had to be the yeah. student number. It is, uh, I could go on for days and days about how, how little U of T cares about mental health. I've actually talked to a great reporter at Ryerson for she, she called me up and she wanted to, to cause she's writing a piece on it. And I'm not sure when it's coming out, but keep an eye for it. I will promote it for sure. We talk I'm going to
1: promote it too. Talk
0: for about half an hour because U of T has had five suicides in the last two years. Three of them occurred, have occurred on camp or yeah. Three of them Fire occurred. The that
1: we know about.
0: Yes, three of them occurred on campus in one. Spe- in I believe two of them have occurred in one specific building. Right. I walk by that building. It's the Bahin Information Center. I walk. I walked by that every day on my route to the library when I went yeah. to U of T. And <laughs> the
1: I rem- Robarts Library. <laughs> no, not
0: don't go to Robarts if you go to U of T. That building is built on a foundation of anxiety. Don't go there. But um, it is a prison. It actually looks like a prison. Uh, it, it looks, well, it looks like a peacock, but it, it like, if you look at the actual building, but it is a prison anyway. Um, I remember like, so, so that happened. First of all, U of T sweeps that under the rug. They don't talk about it. I actually knew of, like I had a friend, I had a really good friend in middle school who then, you know, we went to high school together and kind of drifted. And it wasn't until I was just ta- catching up with some people who I went to high school with. Did I learn that years before, like a couple years ago, she ended her life as well. And she was in U of T med or pre-med and I didn't, and this is someone I knew about this is someone who I was friends with. I'd lost touch and I just thought, you know, she's going about her, her life.
1: Right. You lose touch with people in elementary, high school.
0: And like little happens. do I know talking to someone back when you could go to bars, I remember meeting up with some, some of my old friends at a bar and they are being like, Oh, did you hear about blank? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, Oh my God. Like she passed away. And I'm like, how? And she's like, she, you know, ended her yeah. own life. And, You in in the school that I go to, that I'm paying absurd amounts of money to go to.
1: has some of the highest tuition in this country. Yeah, and if you're an international student, oh, it's it's
0: ridiculous if you're an international student. But
1: like, which is why they take all the international students.
0: And the same
1: with York. Like York, I mean, I go to York right now. You're no fucking better.
0: And I didn't know. And that's that's a problem. The fact that these things keep happening, that's a that's a problem. But like, I some of the darkest moments I remember specifically. So I was taking an extra semester because I was working full-time throughout all my years at U of T. And I took an extra semester because I'm like, I I will literally, like my dad was like, even my dad was very skeptical on me taking these full-time jobs until he really kind of got behind it. And then, and then he was essentially like, look, you, you are going, like, I've never seen you like this before. Like you've lost, like you're, you're losing weight. You're not sleeping. You're not taking care of yourself. Like you're going to have a, you're going to have a heart attack or something. You're having panic attacks every single day.
1: Yeah, you and I were talking about this. Yes, like, we had a long car ride the night we met. Oh
0: yeah, and I was telling you all about this. Like, it was, it, it, you know, it was really difficult. And so he's like, "You need to take an extra semester." But that was really freaking me out because you know my academic future rests on this. I was I had to set up, you know, uh, uh, like classes during the summer to kind of to to forward this through. I didn't. I wasn't even given really clear information about what like which prerequisites in my degree that I had taken. So I remember clearly I, I actually I was so it was a school day game when I was still on the Marlings beat and I left right after took an Uber for all the way down from Cocoa Coliseum all the way up to like Victoria College re- registrar's office which is a long drive and I've been yeah, up I'd, not enjoyable. I'd been up since like 6 a.m. because that game was played at 9 a.m. and I usually get there you know an hour and a half before and I wanted to prep and it's my job and all that kind of stuff so I roll up and I look I like I hadn't showered I looked I looked Like Like, death. I look like death. And I'm sitting down with this academic advisor and I'm just like, listen, I was like on the verge of tears. I'm like, listen, I just want, I just want this to be, I just want, I want to take the easiest path possible. Like whatever you can just make it just, I don't care at this point. Like just help me. I want it to be manageable. I'm like, just help me. And I remember looking at like, so picking out summer courses with this person and her picking these prerequisites that I needed in my, and and I remember I have to be like, oh, but it look it says on that tiny computer screen that you're operating off of, and not really communicating to me—that that, that lecture is at the same time as that lecture on the same day. So clearly, I can't go to both those classes. It's like, oh yeah, so I'm like, so that means that I I have to either take one of these in the summer and then one. Like, if I was if I was a student, if I was someone, well, I was a student. If I was someone who was on who was on the edge, that academic advising session would have been what pushed me over.
1: I, I remember, remember you texting me after this session, yeah. being like. I don't even know what to do. And like, I felt like I was talking you down because you were explaining to me what was going on. I'm like, how does this person have a job?
0: I, it was, the person was, and and I remember being like, like literally on the verge of tears and I'm, I barely ever cry. Yeah. Unless I'm watching, unless I'm watching vendors Endgame, I don't usually cry. And I was literally just like, just help me. I'm like, is there any way we could, take my political like my, my do du- my double major in political science and american constitutional studies and just combining to a political science specialist because then that might be easier i could just take more poli sci course instead of th- and she was like oh well actually you know we have a big lineup of students right now so we can't do that and i'm like well the deadline's tomorrow and this was the first time i could meet with you like, first of
1: all i don't give a shit about the lineup outside i'm here i booked paying- an appointment i pay for this do your job
0: and i'm and i remember like walking out and being like and I was in a really bad place. I remember thinking, like, if I was someone who, if I, if I was on the edge here, if there was, it would have been that would have been that would have been the motion that would have been the the you know the tipping point. And it's hor- so UVT d- not to get they too don't do seri- enough for
1: their students, not
0: at all, not to get too serious, but one hundred percent. Like they, don't they, do they they're one hundred percent on the naughty list, and uh, like,
1: they're like a they have a living residence on the naughty list.
0: Oh, they they've been. They caused trauma for me, man. Like it was really, really tough. And I'm sure, you know, after we put this podcast out, a lot of people are going to message me and say, I had the exact same experience. I know zero people. Like I literally know zero people who can say definitively that they had a great experience at U of T because it me is, a, yeah, because it, it, it's isolationist. It's not a real, it's not, it, it's not a real university. Like, or it's not a real university experience. You go to Western, Western students, they they That's they, a vibe out they there. run they run London like that like you know same you with to,
1: Laurier you go to Queens they
0: run they run uh, they run Kingston Laurier they run Kitchener like, my Laurentian sister runs Sudbury
1: my sister though, like, goes like, goes to
0: Waterloo that. they run Waterloo you go to U of T you're living down in downtown Toronto there are very few like it, like, you're I just like know
1: among the least important people in this in the city vicinity. and I
0: know first like it's also impossible to get like you know a livable pl- like it, it, it for example like I know I had friends who went to western I know that you know this person had a great had a you know lived in a in a four bedroom sort of like unit on that was in a house brand new had an ensuite paid like less than 500 bucks a month if you if you're trying to get Living if you're trying to get a living like I lived in like basically a crack house for the last three years in and So Market. I will say
1: this you cannot go to U of T when you think about living and and how expensive tuition is and, and books and the XYZ. You cannot go to U of T unless you are in the upper class. You genuinely you cannot attend U of T unless your family is already in the upper middle class at minimum because It is just too expensive. Like, it's unbelievable. Before, so I was looking at law school. Yeah. And my MBA. And Rotman is the business school at U of T. And to do my MBA would have been $89,000.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Tuition. That doesn't include books. That doesn't include co-op. That doesn't include rent. That doesn't include food.
0: Don't even get me started on books.
1: Because I am a math person, if you don't already know this. To do my MBA at Rotman would have cost me almost $170,000.
0: That's absurd. That's absurd. For
1: a piece of paper. Like you are kidding with that nonsense. It's also it's it's a very elitist school. I know this It is, really is. It
0: is. I know I know this is this is a very like I went there, I know, and as someone who doesn't have a ton of money, like I, I like even something as simple and I think this is not just U of T but just universities in general, like eye clickers.
1: Uh, yeah. It was like three hundred dollars.
0: No, it's like fifty. But it's still like oh, the ones that we
1: had were like this here and point oh, really? this. And then, I had oh my God,
0: they were so like $300. I, ha- I had a, a mandatory course, it quantitative reasoning, Paul 222. I will never forget. I will never forget that because that haunted my dreams. It still does. Yep.
1: And First of all, that hall
0: is. It's, it's in Sid Smith and it sucks. Yeah. Um, but it's and this is a very Toronto specific portion of the podcast. so I apologize. But like you have to you have to pay that
1: because yeah, because
0: you are no it's not optional or else you won't get any participation marks and that's i p- believe it was either 15 to 20 percent and then i will i use that thing i paid 50 bucks i used that thing for one semester of my four years there and I paid 50 bucks for it and like you're gonna resell it for like 20 no and then i remember i had an anthropology course i had to take again because it was part of the sciences and i had to take it and the textbook was mandatory it was written by the professor, and it was two hundred fifty bucks.
1: Yeah i I will give credit to a couple of my professors at Laurentian. One of them was very anti institution and flat out was like, "Don't buy the textbook. I'm going to give you everything you need." Do not buy the textbooks, and then they were like, "Why are none of the SPAD students buying the this textbook?" And it was because we had a very specific economics professor who only taught economics in our very specific program. Yeah. And he was very like, I didn't write this book. You do not need to spend $390 on it. I will tell you everything you need to know. Funny enough, my sister is taking an economics course Mm -hmm. at Queens this year. She had to buy the later iteration of this textbook that we did not have to buy. And I opened it because I was helping her with econ. And I'm like, I learned more listening to my professor than I ever would have learned in this piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So I just started teaching my sister verbatim what I learned because economics is economics. It doesn't change. Yeah. It's, but it's one of those things. It's such a money grab and university. I think university in and of itself is a little bit elitist, but there are some universities that just take that to the nth degree. And
0: U of T is one of them. And as someone who didn't come from, you know, like who came from, you know, a lower to middle class family, like it's tough.
1: It's crippling debt. It it's really is.
0: I had to work my whole, my whole time there full time. Like not only just to build my career that I have now,
1: enjoyable experience in university no, I it's supposed
0: to be fun. like those are supposed to be what the best four years of your life. And U of T like it's, I'm sure like people, all universities don't really handle mental health very well. And I don't want to say that, you know, one person's experience is worse than another's because everyone processes things differently. So I don't want to, I won't, I don't want this to come off as, you know, anyone who no, went but to Western U of T
1: is also notoriously yes. bad
0: but I don't want anyone who like went to Western and had a really tough time at Western to think, you know, I'm not, I think that their feelings are not legitimate because there are, if you struggled, you struggled. Like that's just, you know, that that's that, how it is. That's how it is. But U of T, like they don't care. And th- it's not a university experience. You're in the middle of a giant city. You're only able, like the, you're only able to make friends if you live in residence, which thank God I, I did in first year. Right. and But then once you move out, like unless you make a, a unless you either move in with, with some people who, you know, you make, like, you can't make friends. Right. Unless you join, like, a club, which then takes up a giant amount of your time. Like, if you're just there no to learn. time for that. If you're just there to learn, you're, or if you're a commuter, you're done. You're not going to have a social circle there. So, it's, it's tough. Yeah, anyway, you've T on the Nautilus. Do you have anything you want to, any Nautilus stuff you want to wrap up before we get in the Kovalev shift?
1: I think that's it.
0: All right. It's time for the Kovalev shift. Kovalev is Rachel, what are you mad about this week?
1: Um Well, two things. One, very quickly, because I don't have a ton of information on it. Uh, Champions League is happening as we are recording this podcast, and two teams just walked off in protest when because what? the fourth official decided to make a racist comment what? to a team's coach in the PSG Istanbul Bashikter game. So we that's obviously unacceptable. We just talked about how. The racism in, in the sporting institution is terrible, specifically in hockey. But if we are at a point where stars like Neymar and Killian and Mbappe are walking off the field and not playing in a Champions League game, which is one of the most watched sporting events on earth, that's bad. That's so absurd. there's that. Um, I'm sure we will have more on this next week. Yes,
0: this is gonna like I'm that's sh- not acceptable. This is gonna be a gigantic story. Oh if my god! Yeah, developing Anyways, like that. But
1: the original Kovalev shift. So, the World Juniors Mm -hmm. are, as of this moment, happening.
0: Yes. Selection camp's back up and running.
1: So, this morning, which is Tuesday morning, it came out that Sweden has now lost five players to COVID-19. Yep. Including, like, three of their top forwards and half of their coaching staff. Uh. The Germans have lost Lucas Reichel and Nino Kinder, who are, apart from Tim Stutzler, their best players, maybe except Paterka. Uh, so they're off. Canada had to shut down their camp for two weeks and then sent five kids home today who didn't meet the protocol. So they're out. The U.S. had three players they had to send home. Um, these are kids. Do we really need to be having this tournament? This seems dangerous.
0: How, how is this bubble so poorly managed? Like the NHL went through. So they're
1: not in a bubble right now.
0: <sighs> That's why. But the
1: thing is, people are like, I have, I'm looking at them right now. Uh, my stepdad is actually yelling at them on Twitter in my mentions. Thank you, Matt. Um,
0: Matt, you're stupid, by
1: the uh, way. <laughs> you're stupid. Yeah. Um, saying that, well, they're going to be in a bubble. It's going to be fine. The bubble's not going to be fine if they bring COVID into the bubble with them. That's actually not yeah, everyone how had that to, works. Everyone had
0: to test negative before they went into the bubble.
1: It's honestly, at this point the the point, fa- first of all, René Fasel, who is the head of the double IHF, has COVID. Yeah. So, like, but the fact that the World Juniors is happening, and I understand TSN pays a ton of money to broadcast this, but at the same time, Sportsnet pays a ton of money for NHL games, and that entire situation earlier cost them money. But this is just further proof that the hockey apparatus views... Players, specifically these young players as financial assets and not actually people. Oh yeah. It's terrible. You're putting these are these, kids. These the, are kids. These are literally ki- under 20. Most of these kids are 17 and 18, maybe mm. like 19. If you play for Canada, but like the Germans, the Slovaks, like all of the European teams with the exception of Russia, are basically all 17 and 18 year olds with a few 19 year olds. These kids don't even have the ability. They're not even legal adults in their countries. Can't yet. can't vote. They can't vote. Can't drink. Can't, they can't go to the military. Yeah. Like, none of that. And and we're going to risk their health? And it's so not... So that we can watch them play hockey?
0: It's also, like, incentivizing them, like, because they clearly... Like, playing in the World Juniors, at, like, for Europeans specifically, is... Like, that is a huge seminal moment. That's a huge honor. It's, and it's a, considered a huge seminal moment in your hockey career. But I bet career. you if
1: you asked these players, you could play in the world juniors or have the potential of career long. Implications. Well, I think they would, I think
0: they would say, yeah, I want to play. I want to play in the world juniors. I think, I think they would make that really? decision. And I think, so but I, I don't think,
1: think their parents would. Though. Exact,
0: no, no, but I think they would say, I want to do that. And I think allowing them to take that risk and incentivize them to take that risk is really irresponsible. That's yeah. like, like it, the it's, head of
1: the governing body for this tournament has COVID-19. Yeah.
0: So, uh, like, you, the you basis... You can't
1: even show up in Edmonton anymore.
0: The basis of you saying it's safe... Well, like, for example, so, like, Rudy Giuliani has COVID-19. <laughs> and okay, but
1: he was taking negative precautions.
0: Yeah, but Rudy Giuliani is being a big, you know, oh, it's totally safe, it's going to be fine, like... Is it, though? Well, so I... I it's not. I pulled up... Oh, I, it so, went away.
1: okay, we've got young kids... And we're gonna have this tournament that's not gonna have fans, so it's gonna be a made for TV event. You're pulling these kids away from their families at Christmas time when it's already been a tough year. Like this just seems wholly unnecessary. not even seems this is wholly unnecessary and you are harming yeah. these kids.
0: So Rudy Giuliani on October twentieth, twenty twenty, tweeted, I think it's highly likely that these people that have contracted the China virus got it from having sex from with barnyard animals. And then,
1: so now he has it. So did he? Have sex and then with on the December, yeah. And then on
0: December sixth, Trump tweeted: "Rudy Giuliani, by far the greatest mayor in the history of NYC, and who has been working tirelessly exposing the most corrupt election in the history of the USA, has tested positive." <laughs> so something, something's not adding up here, Rudy. What were you? What were you up to? But yes. Yeah, so it,
1: by the it, way, we should point out: you do not get COVID by having sex no, you with barnyard animals. Still,
0: like it's not over. Just because the vaccine's coming out soon, like that doesn't mean it's over. Wear a mask. It's. I see but, you and like my we, dad each week. That's it.
1: You, I I don't understand. Like You're putting
0: kids at risk, no matter what.
1: These guys aren't even getting paid. Let's also no. point that out. At least the NHL players are getting paid. Mm-hmm. You've contracts to uphold.
0: And a union to help to, you. To
1: answer to. There's no union. These kids are 17 and 18 and 19.
0: You're sending these kids off into a Petri dish where they might contract a virus that not only has like crippled the world at this point, but could lead them... To having career, like li- not just career threatening, but lifelong Life- health implications. Like
1: it's scar tissue on your lungs,
0: heart it- problems, heart breathing issues. problems, like, like everything.
1: It's, it's so dangerous for what? Like for what? For
0: like sorry, but like for Latvia to get to get trounced eight nothing by Canada in an empty arena on Boxing Day, and, and then what you go and then like it doesn't. If you have if the Olympics is going to get postponed. You're not better than the Olympics. Like j- I don't understand.
1: Yeah, like it's just or if you're not going to run it, you
0: could make like if if
1: you stop if you're, treating these kids like financial assets and actually take a second and be like, hmm, what are the long-term effects of playing in this tournament potentially? If
0: you're a pl- like if you're a player in the NHL and we saw a bunch of them opt out, it's like okay, well you have like you're not going to lose your you're not going to lose your earnings, you're not going to lose your career, whatever. But these are kids who are trying to make a name for themselves, and the World Juniors, like we know. It inflates people's value in draft years. Tim
1: Stutzler, hello. Or,
0: or even just like on as a prospect in terms of just being viewed by the world. Like that's a that's the it's biggest a, stage. It's the biggest stage. It's the biggest it's stage in, for for in amateur hockey. hockey. Yeah, for junior hockey. So there, like, you don't have the the luxury of a union supporting you opting out and you not having and like you not losing potential like future earnings and you not like they they essentially. Aside from the the allure of this tournament, like if you're if you're someone who's trying to climb up draft boards, or you're someone who's trying to prove yourself as a prospect who just got drafted, like you essentially have to play in this tournament. You think, and so for you to for them to
1: kind of be putting the players in this position, yeah, that's really stressful enough. Being a teenager, yeah, um, this does not need to be added to it.
0: So So that's yeah. Not
1: to mention the whole thing of you've been taken away for your family for well over a month oh yeah
0: missing missing the holidays with them
1: yeah you know uh,
0: this is arguably one of the
1: years where like you need to be with your immediate family
0: i already have a problem with how much we've we've built up the real juniors because of the backlash and pressure that's placed on oh yeah like maxine
1: Contoir getting children
0: Like, a 16-year-old, if you mess up in this term, a 16, 17-year-old. Like, if I was... I would have not have been able to take that kind of criticism when I was 16 or 17.
1: It's unbelievable, and and, and this...
0: And we build it up, like, it, it's it's absurd. So, yeah, I, I think... It's what, gotta...
1: Yeah, you can't be playing. What I'm they're
0: sorry. doing is just ridiculous. The fact that, you know, people are drop Like, players and staffers I mean, are dropping left and right to this thing, and they're still forging ahead. Like, at what point do we have to... At what point, like, to bring this full circle with the podcast, I started out by saying, you know, I've kind of written off the rest of this year. Like, I, I, it's brought me peace. I realized, look, we're not going to, like, at this point, it, it, it's unprecedented circumstances. We're just going to have to get through it and, and whatever. Why, like, can't they just do that too? It, it boggles my mind that that Like, you're not going
1: to make money.
0: No, we're putting kids at risk.
1: We're like, putting kids at risk. You're not making any money because there are no fans. Like, so what are you going to get ad revenue because people are going to watch it on tv okay that's it but it's still going to cost you more to run the fucking tournament yeah and you're You're not going to make that ad revenue back you can't put a price on health that is one thing
0: on children's health minors these are minors most of them are minors
1: yeah like it's 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 unbelievable it's so selfish and yet i'm not even remotely surprised
0: yeah and that's been the kovalev shift so we have another christmas pod coming out next week we're going to be going in the, the nice list. And then we're taking a little bit of a break. Let you and your families enjoy the holidays. We might
1: do a World Junior Preview if that tournament happens. If the
0: tournament happens, then we will be doing it a World Junior Preview. It will probably
1: be me yelling about why it's happening. So
0: actually, we have two episodes probably coming out before we take a little one-week hiatus. Um, but yeah, just please stay safe. Stay. Uh, keep wearing a mask. We're still, like Toronto at least, is still in lockdown. So please realize that. Don't take it that. It doesn't f-
1: matter where you are. Please wear a mask. Just please keep Unless wearing a mask. Unless you're in Antarctica.
0: Exactly. And look, we have big we have huge things coming in twenty twenty. We have a lot of really exciting stuff we cannot wait to share with you. So it's only it's only going on from here.
1: Right. Follow us on our social on our media socials, channels.
0: At Staff Graph on Twitter, at Staff Graph on Instagram. There'll
1: gonna be, gonna be lots there. of memes, lots of
0: memes behind the scenes uh peaks into the peak behind the curtain. We also we're also on iTunes, you know, or or slash Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. Staff and Graph Podcasts, we're on Spotify. We're on anywhere where you can find a podcast, essentially. We're there. We're, we're, we're ready to, uh, to, to hug your ears. It's going to be great. Rachel, where can we find you on the socials?
1: At Rachel Dory.
0: And you can find me on at... On the Twitter. Find me at MikeyStevens81 on Twitter. And we hope you have a great rest of your day and a great holiday season. And we'll see you next week.